In association with the Omniverse Comics Guide, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from all over the world. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 328. Boom. We are back. Shane. Boom. When did you start doing Boom? Boom is a nod to uh, Adam Chapman. Oh, well, does he do that. Boom? No, he, he, we always, very, very nerdy on the Seinfeld episode. I'm going to talk about this little comic book anecdote, but um, every time it's 616, time-wise, we'll always send each other like a message like, hey, thinking of Marvel Comics 616 universe, really nerdy shit. Like daily? But the what? Daily, you guys said no, each no, other? No, 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 not daily. Whenever it should happen. Like, you know, when you see 11, 11 on a clock or like a certain yeah. time. Yeah, just you randomly. Six sixteen on the clock, you guys send each other a message? We send each other a message, yeah. That's oh, it. Oh, but not every day. No, no, it's just like, hey, thinking about you. So we'll send like a, he'll, we'll send like a firecracker or like boom, something like that. Just to be like, I got you this time. That's, That's all. That is pretty fucking nerdy. <laughs> it is, right? But it's, all, oh my, it's my little, yeah, it's my little, like, that's the time we, you know, we see it, and the only person who would appreciate that would be that person, sort of. Ugh, so I, I don't know why that makes me sick. Why does it make you sick? <laughs> when I see, when you see Seinfeld, you send me something. I know, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's really hypocritical, because I'm super nerdy about so many things, but that, I'm just like, oh my god, get a life, dude. <laughs> <laughs> As we go through every Seinfeld I don't want, I don't want you to do that anymore. And promise me you won't do it anymore. What, boom? I'll always do it. No, say 616. Oh, yeah. But now now it's become my thing on the my podcast. When I start my podcast, it lets the guests know, like, we're on. It started. Boom. It's easy. It's, all, it's, right. You know, all right. All right. All it's right. Not, it's not offensive to say boom when we start. It's just no, little... no, not that. The part where oh. you guys mess each other at 616. No. Well, if I... <laughs> I hate so, it so much. I sometimes wish I do it in the morning. That. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That some people don't like when I do it in the morning, <laughs> but well, hey. yeah. I mean, but at six sixteen, you've been up for like an hour. Two, two, two hours. Are you up yeah. at four now? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I'm literally like we're back to how we used to be. I go to bed at like four or five, so we like have that crossover. Yeah. I know if like I, if I send you a message of like because sometimes I'm like you know it's 3 a.m. and I go if I send a message to someone right now I look insane, yeah, but not if there. you wait till like six you look like a go getter you know like looks like you got up early, uh, but I know like sometimes I send you a message and I never worry because I'm like even if it's three I'm like he's gonna read this in an hour. Yeah, and I'll be like what and sometimes I'm like what are you doing you're like just going to bed i'm like you son of a bitch <laughs> like i'm just going to bed and i would just watch seinfeld until 5 a.m yeah no it's all good no, but i'm not i'm i'm nocturnal now basically i am i don't know how you do it i've lights go out my eyes go down even in the uh, movie theater but that's because you're up every day that early if yeah. i if, if i had a job that i had to do it it's like when people have kids they always get up early because the kids are up you have to get up so you just adjust to your like what's it called like your circadian rhythm yeah uh, if i don't have a reason to i'll just like i'm a night owl once i'm up i like to go and go until mm -hmm. i fall asleep and like my natural also where i work like i usually you know three days a week i finish at 3.30 in the morning, walk the dog. Like, you don't get to bed till 4.30, 5 o'clock anyway. So I just kind of get adjusted to that. But I kind of like, there's something I really like about being 
nocturnal and like being up when everyone else is asleep. I kind of there's something really nice and peaceful about it. It's like my time. Yeah, I get that. I understand what you mean. No one's I'm, bugging I'm, me. No one's asking me questions. You know, nothing. Right. Do you find yourself to be more creative in those hours? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Um, should we keep all of this preamble in or should we uh, just include it? This is like our stand up, the Jerry stand up at the beginning of an episode. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I could up edit to you. It. You want to edit it out, but I could I do know. I could do another boom. I, I certainly, <laughs> I definitely think I'm more interesting than I am. So I want to say keep it, but everyone's just like, what yeah, the fuck are it. they talking about? No, I, I, I'm the least edited type of, I don't like, what's the point? If you people didn't want to listen, then they don't want to listen. But we're going to talk about Seinfeld. That's why we're here. Five minutes in. Me personally, like all the podcasts I listen to and I've listened to like a lot um, and even including yours, like the personal stuff I hear about people's personal lives, once you get to know them, like that's I find that ends up being more interesting than, you know, like I used to be really big into Mark Maron's podcast and um, I would always kind of skip his bits at the beginning where he talks about what's going on with him and his cats or whatever. And then I got to a point where I'm like, I'm, I'm more excited, I think for that than the actual interview of whoever he's interviewing. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I like knowing personal stuff about the people I'm listening to a podcast. I agree. I I mean, not that any, anything we're saying is super interesting, but they already know we're nerds. They're just in maybe I'm sure anyone listening knows you're also a comic book nerd. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Let's begin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh we could start our show at 616 if you like that would <laughs> how much would that piss you off uh, boom <laughs> no that's the the comic book ones should be but like is there a seinfeld time there's no seinfeld specific time no i mean there's Just, nothing iconic about it, any time on seinfeld no not that i could think of. we can start an hour late like remember that episode where kramer he doesn't want to wait for daylight saving so he sets his watch ahead and then he just he's like the game started an hour late for some reason. <laughs> oh man, I love that guy. Um episode 5, season 2. That's where we're at now, right? In our season two, episode 5. We're doing one episode at a time now cuz we're getting into the better quality ones, so Yep. So we're going to we're take doing our time with them. The apartment. Yes. Which also I confuse sometimes for season 1 episode the robbery. Because that's also about getting a new apartment. So, like, in my mind, I confuse them a little bit sometimes. Me too. Me too. I, I, that's that's why I thought when I saw the – from season one, the robbery, I'm like, oh, yeah. when. But then isn't there one when Elaine's going to move into the building? Like, this is a, a ongoing yeah. theme with Elaine trying to uh, yeah. apartment hunt. Yeah, and it's similar because, like, in the, the robbery, Jerry's going to move out and Elaine wants to move into his apartment. And in this one, she's going to move into the building in the apartment above stairs. So, like – just in my mind, sometimes I confuse them. There's a few episodes, like, you know, the names are similar themes that I get thrown. Like, like there's an episode, The Friars Club, and then there's The Diplomats Club. They're very different episodes, but the names throw me off sometimes where I go like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's not that. Right. So it's like, yeah, the apartment, I always can think about the robbery, which is also about an apartment. Yeah. Different location, beautiful apartment. But uh, if you want to listen to that episode, just go back a couple and me and Shane talked about that one, the robbery, with the other apartment. But in this one, do you want to do the plot summary? Or uh, I got the IMDb. There's two choices to go with, the long and the short one. Which one should we go with? I think short, because we're okay. going to talk about it. Yes, I agree. Okay, so the plot summary. 
When an apartment becomes available in Jerry's building, he helps Elaine get it only to regret his decision to do so. George starts wearing a wedding ring because he's heard that it helps single guys pick up women. Anything I left out, we'll get into the rest. Um, I read another somewhere. I don't remember I read, but it was basically just like Kramer tries out a new look. That was like his bit in the thing. Like they're starting to give like Kramer's going to get his own real story. But Kramer's story is literally and I think it opens the episode with him being like he moosed his hair. That's his his look at me. And it's not it it seems off like it's not Kramer that we know because he doesn't. He's going away from his hair was getting higher and now he's getting away from it. He's got this moosed hair look. Right. He looks like um, I've mentioned it before, but if you haven't seen UHF, it's a it's a movie from with Weird Al from 1989. Um, and Michael Richards is in it. He plays Stanley Spadowski, who's like the hit star of their television network. And uh, when Kramer has his hair moosed up, he looks to me like it doesn't look like Kramer to me. It looks like Stanley Spadowski. And didn't he have the same type of hairstyle in uh, Problem Child when he played yeah, the convict? Yeah. yeah, I think it's like um, like that's how Michael Richards looked when you see him like on Just for Last and stuff like that too. He uh, he kind of looks like that as well. But it's um, like Kramer is where they came up with that uh, pompadour look or whatever it is. Right. What is that look called? Kramer has oh. his hair up. Elaine has the pomp. Everyone has the pomp. Just George. Yeah. His is they call him the high hair. Like I always think of a pompadour more like a, like a rockabilly or a, yes, you know what's yes. his name? Like Ricky, Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. Like that's a pompadour. That's a true yeah. But they kind of like describe Kramer's hair as a pompadour. But I think in the series they they just call it like the guy with the high hair or something <laughs> like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the episode starts off when they. When Jerry finds out that the apartment is available, we're introduced to Harold and Manny. Yeah. Now, I like these guys. They're hilarious. But are they in more than this episode? No, they're not. So, like, there's an ongoing thing where it's like, who's in charge of Jerry's building? And it kind of changes without them really saying. Because there's Harold and Manny, who are, I think, honestly, they're great in this episode. I would love to see them another time, like, if they were kind of recurring. But they never come back. And then... Later in season six, Jerry's trying to get his shower fixed by Julio, who it almost looks like he's like the super or maybe he's just the handyman of the building. Um, uh, but that's that's an, and then later it's Silvio is the guy that and, and Newman's making out with his wife. That's later on. Like with the bird, right? The guy with the bird? With the bird? Didn't no, no, no. That That's just Jerry's neighbor. That's uh, oh, OK. That's yeah, Phil. Yeah. Right. There was I thought I confused the the neighbor as being a superintendent as well. Okay. No, 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 that's Phil the neighbor, but um yeah. um no, there's um in the one where they go to Joe Mayo's apartment and then they Newman finds the fur coat and and that that oh the reverse peephole it's called where uh, Silvio wants to get rid of Newman and Newman's sleeping with his wife. There's this the super of the building is uh Silvio, you know, the one who goes, "Look at Jerry. Love me, love me, superstar." <laughs> like whatever he says like that's so it's like those are the guys that are the supers the landlords the managers of the building i'm not really sure but harold and manny are seem to be the most easygoing and chill and they're actually kind of funny like i kind of got it as like do you get the sense like are they they're like a couple like a gay couple they have to be they live together right i mean it doesn't imply that they have to be gay but they don't say it but like they could just be friends but i get the way they bicker and stuff i i'm like it seems like they're a couple yeah, definitely. I, I think it's almost implied, like you don't even have to have it told to you because he, he said this, like Harold, 
you know, has his personality and, and uh, Manny is, is, I love how they speak in different languages, but they understand each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. I like that. Do you well, understand any Spanish? Like a, a few words, not really. I was trying to pick up what he, there was a couple of times where I understood what he said in Spanish and it was, it was funny just the way that, <laughs> the way he would respond to, uh, to Harold. No, I, I thought that would, I was like, man. I, I've seen this episode before, and I've seen these characters, but why didn't why weren't they in more episodes? It would have been good. Yeah, even but, just like another one or two would have been really good because they are pretty funny characters and they're pretty good. I don't know, like so they're the, useful as well. Like they they can serve as a plot. They can serve the plot in a way to have those. Yeah, characters, yeah. You know, they don't they're, have to um, be seen, but it's cool. So what's his name? Harold is played by his name is uh, uh, William Shaddix, who. Uh, people probably recognize him from like Beetlejuice. He's 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 yep. also in Beetlejuice. Demolition Man. Yeah, he, that's where I know him mainly from Demolition Man. Yeah. Um, he's in a few other things. Like he's been around for a while, but he uh, he's um he's in that Michael Keaton movie like Multiplicity as a small role. But he's he's a really good actor actually. He is. He's a character actor. I feel that always nails yeah. that kind of role. But in this one. He was a he wasn't villainous. Like he's usually playing someone who's got like yes. a trick up the sleeve, like the, the <laughs> sidekick to the villain. Yeah. Whereas uh whereas this one, I mean, he's still in a in a pairing, but I don't know. There's not there he doesn't have that villainous aspect to it. And I like seeing this actor play a role that was just more I guess benevol- benevolent would be the word. Yeah. I think, uh, and also the guy who plays Manny, is it just me or does he look like a like a Spanish Spike Lee? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> like he looks <laughs> literally like if Spike Lee was like Latino. Yeah, because he's got the whole his whole getup is very much Spike Lee, Malcolm X glasses, everything era. Like, he yeah. looks like Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good call. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so they open with uh, so they're talking about Kramer's moose tub hair. <laughs> Then, what uh, what uh, is this? Moose. <laughs> it's moose. He's got his. See this. I mean, Kramer's starting to come in his own. The moose hair loses me a little, but when he's like, he's like, I got, you know, like, I have my life like pre-moose and moose hair, which I don't. I I'd have to go into the next episode to see. I guess we'll see next time we do this, but like, I, I don't think you see him with a moosed up hair. I mean, I guess to get his hair the way it is, it looks like they crimp it and like, you know, the the classic Kramer hair. But he's not moose. Like he, this no. is like hairs down. He looks kind of like wet a little bit. He kind of looks like Jerry's hair when he gets in the in the episode of the the barber, right? Yeah. He's like, look what he did to you. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. looks like you're five years old. Yeah, the Kramer has that same hair doing this one. Yeah, that, his, that's actually spot on, I'd say. And but my favorite thing is like, look at this face. Can you like, what is he like? He he compliments himself in such a way as like, could you get any more better looking than this? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, um, then you hear this, some bickering in the hallway. You hear yeah. Harold and Manny, the building yeah. managers. Uh, Jerry goes outside. I like this because so this this episode is after their hiatus. They almost canceled the show. And then they brought it back and they put it in a time slot right after Cheers, which helped it pick up. But I get a sense with this episode, it feels like Jerry, George, the characters, they seem like they're finding their own. And I think they're they're less worried. It seems like they're just kind of like, hey, we're just going to do this. And and if it gets canceled, it gets canceled. If it's, They seem more confident about it. You know what I mean? Like Jerry's character starting to come in his own. He's kind of more... You know, like he's like, boys, boys, you know, break it up, you know, like them talking in the hallway and stuff. I don't know. He seems kind of uh, more he's getting more comfortable as the Jerry that we know. 
I think, yeah, you're right. I think the cast at this point, and especially these last two or three episodes, but I feel here there's a certain exclamation point because you're also seeing characters for the first time do what becomes kind of like their shtick. Yeah. So Jerry's um, being so proud of himself, like, I'm such a good person for doing a good deed, and then immediately regretting it. His sort of sarcasm with people around him like he's always the the voice of reason he's becoming that person and I, and when he he's the I nucleus love, yeah he's <laughs> and when he when he shares the news with elaine that the neighbor upstairs has passed <laughs> how ecstatic she is about it because of what it means for her it's very much becoming like and george with the my whole life is a lie like yeah, That's very much yeah, exactly, yeah. on point to what we it's, know of the characters. It's Hudwalker, the lady who lives upstairs from Jerry. She's 94 years old. She passed away. Um, the apartment is uh, offered to Elaine for 400. It's 400 bucks a month. It's the apartment right above Jerry's. In New York uh, City, Manhattan. Like, damn. Well, this is 1990, but. Still. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, my first apartment, my rent was 400 bucks, but I split it. It was a three-bedroom apartment with two other guys. 1,200 right. bucks. Right, but it was not Manhattan, but like I don't know. It's for the times, I feel like four hundred seems like a good deal. Um, yeah, in Manhattan in the nineties, that's not bad. We have a first in this. Uh, what's the yes. first? It's that. That's the thing. It's the first. Get out. First, get out. Elaine shoving yeah. Jerry and saying "get out," which uh, that makes Elaine. That's Elaine. I, I watched the clip. I might have sent it to you like a week ago or something like that. I came across just on YouTube. It's a collection of all of Elaine's get outs. And it's just like a just a compilation of her just shoving everyone and saying "get out." And there's ones where Jerry shoves her and says "get out" and stuff like that. It's <laughs> it's so funny every time it makes me laugh. I wonder if she came up with that on her own, or if it was something that was written in the script and she just found a way to express. Because she's such a great expressive actor, like body language yes. wise. I don't know. If she maybe the maybe the shove wasn't supposed to be. Maybe it was in the script, but. Um, maybe she was just supposed to be excited and say, get out. And her, her thing was like, let's shove him. Um, but yeah, that's definitely Elaine becoming the Elaine that we know. This is the first episode that is not written by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. Saw that. It, it is written by, um, who went on, uh, Peter Melman. Yep. Who went on to become one of the, write some of the most iconic episodes of the series. Became a writer for the whole thing. And then after Larry David left, he became a co-executive producer for the rest of the series. Yeah. Um, His name is Peter, very familiar with the show, but it's, I think this is the first time you see it. Yep. Melman, he wrote the – so I'm going to run down. He, in season two, he writes this one, the, episode, the, the Apartment. Then he does The Nose Job and The Good Samaritan. Season four, he's got some killers with Virgin, The Visa, The Implant, and The Smelly Car. Those are all just iconic episodes. Um, the Masseuse, The Wife, The Hamptons, he wrote with Carol Liefer. Love The Hamptons. The, everyone loves The Hamptons. The Chinese Woman, The Scufflaw from Season 6, which are two. Season 6 is just, I, I love it so much. The Sponge, The Showerhead, The Wait Out, The Soulmate, The Money, The Yada Yada, The Betrayal, oh, and The Maid. So, I mean, he's got some killer work. I mean, these are the ones that he got credited as the writer, but he was writing with them on other ones too, right? It would be like someone would go off and be the, the, the credit as the writer of the episode. I, I would go on a limb to say that possibly the Hamptons is, is the most iconic Seinfeld episode. Like there's so many 
reasons why that episode people people quote it all the time, whether they're Seinfeld fans or not. I, I think it's it's definitely up there. I wouldn't say it's the most. I mean, for me, I'd probably say like the marine biologist. For me, that's like the tops. That's like the I, I think what the Hamptons is missing is you're not in the apartment as much. So that's why it's like for me, it's not as iconic as the one, but it's the Hamptons is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone there's, loves the Hamptons. there's a lot to there's a lot to pick at it with the Hamptons. Is the Hamptons a two-parter or is it just uh, one? I can't remember. I'm gonna I, look it up. I think Sorry. it's a one-parter, and that's the thing. It's, oh yeah, it's, it's just got, one episode. It, it feels like there's a lot in that episode, though. It is. That's the thing. There's so much there that is iconic. But we're on season two, episode five. Before I get ahead of myself and yeah. start quoting all those ones. But Peter Melman, this is his first episode. Um, He's he's pretty awesome, pretty iconic. So um, I was just wanted to talk about. I was reading his like little bio. So basically, um, uh, Larry David was a fan of his writing. Peter Melman wrote stuff for like GQ and The New Yorker, and um, he didn't write dialogue or, or scripts or anything like that. They just thought he was a really humorous writer. So Jerry and Larry offered him a chance to write a script, and this is basically what he came up with. Yeah, no, it's it again hit it out of the park and. The get out in and of itself is worth seeing for the first time. When you realize like this is the first time it happens, some people don't care for stuff like that. But I, I'm always, for me, I always am interested in like that first appearance and and to see how it sticks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I love. So that. here, um, a writer for the Morning Call was talking about Peter Melman. She pointed to the important elements that Melman created for the series, such as Elaine shoving Jerry while others exclaim while exclaiming "Get out." The question whether Terry Hatcher had breast implants and George's double dipping in the implants. George thinking he has turned Susan to lesbianism. <laughs> uh, Jerry and girlfriend Courtney Cox pretending to be married to get a dry cleaner discount. George feeling left out uh, on a visit to the Hamptons because everyone got to see his date topless. The, wor <laughs> the words shrinkage enter our vocabulary as do the sponge and the yada yada. That's all Melman. So that's pretty that's, iconic stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm look, I don't know. Like last week we were talking about doing you a solid. Right. Mm. We don't know if, if that was something that people always said or if that was the Seinfeld ism yeah. Seinfeld. And, and it's funny because. The show has always had every episode, they try to hit you with a one liner right from the very beginning. I use it now. The first attempt that they had at it, which was like, be a come with guy. Right. Yeah. I always tell Daft to be a come with guy. She goes, I am a come with guy. <laughs> but every episode. Like yeah. It's one that didn't stick, but it, it is funny to say. It is funny, right? Especially if you know where it's from. So I always say it now. Like, come on, be a come with guy. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's got like the shrinkage. I was in the pool. Like, it's it's so many of those things change pop culture worthy yada yada those are all those Master are made of your those seinfeld, seinfeld came up with those like yeah those aren't like like the 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 solid is like yeah i don't know if they said that before seinfeld if that was a thing but i mean no one was talking about shrinkage or sponge worthy before seinfeld how often have you again we're all over the place but how often have we all said not that there's anything wrong with that oh right? every time Right. <laughs> I mean, we're in we're in June right now. It's Pride Month, you know. I get to say it a lot. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we get to the to the get out. the The way that Jerry explains it to her. Have you ever done? Before I forget, have you ever done a good deed that you immediately regretted? 
Um, you always ask these personal ones, and I never consider them. And I'm sure there'll be something I think of later, but uh, I can't. I off the top of my head, I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly like everything. I regret everything. So probably. I don't know about you, but I feel like anytime you offer to help somebody move, as soon as you offer it, you're like, oh no, moving is. I don't. Do you like helping people move? It's one of my least favorite things to do in the world. I don't even now, like helping myself. Now that you asked that and then you said this, um, I'm not going to get into details on the podcast, but I'll tell you after. But we recently just helped my girlfriend's dad move. You told me the story. Uh, you know the story, right? I did you tell you. The story. It yeah, was you gotta get... one of the worst days of my life. <laughs> um, I was close to murdering people. Uh, I'm, I don't get in bad moods very often. Like I'm pretty much the same. I can be cranky and stuff like that, but like I'm not – my mood's generally the same. This was like, I shut down at the end of the day and I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to answer any questions. Like I just want to end this day and go home. Um, so yeah, that's now that you mention it, that's one of those where it's like, I did actually pretty, uh, a few really good deeds that day. And, uh, I regret every single one of them and I would never do it again. There you go. I didn't mean for you to bring up that story or touch a sore point, but yeah, th- we all have. I would those tell the whole story, it. and it's pretty funny, but I don't think my girlfriend wants me to get into the details of why I now hate her father. Um, <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> so, so I won't. I won't do it. Did she listen to this? Um, no, she asked me yesterday. She was like, "Oh, I should listen to that uh, thing, like the podcast. Where do I listen to it?" And I was like, "I don't know. I just post it on social media that you never look at, so probably there." Oh, well, She'll probably never say, but just for her own sake, I won't. I won't get into the details. But I definitely that was a good deed that I regret quite a bit. Yeah, it. it and that's the thing is like, we all can relate. Like, do you really? Sometimes your friends, it's nice to keep them at a certain distance, not because you don't love being around them, but that familiarity of always, like, especially an ex girlfriend, like that would become somewhat awkward i mean for them they handle it well but it's it's funny how jerry finally is like oh i'm gonna have yeah. this guy across the hallway and you'll be upstairs like i'll have no privacy i do life. like how he immediately regrets it he's so yeah. proud of himself so happy that he's got her apartment i'm not gonna and then as soon as she starts talking about like yeah we'll exchange keys and i can be i'll be here all the time but he just yeah, his face time. he goes like immediately was like yeah what, the just... fuck? what did i do <laughs> no it's great um so the moose already happens, right? Or does the moose happen after this? I think they open with the moose, other than his yeah, his opening right. bit about painting his apartment, which is uh, I thought it was a pretty funny bit, the comedy bit at the beginning about every time you paint your apartment, it's it gets so, a little smaller. I like the comment about the pig's nose trying to break through <laughs> <Yeah>. the wall. <laughs> yeah, the, you can't find the electrical outlets. You're just looking for two slots. It looks like a pig's trying to push through from the <laughs> other side. That was pretty good. Um. I don't always love his like stand-up bits uh, before and after, but that, I thought that one was pretty good. That I mean, one was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty relatable, I think. Because it, it it's something that hasn't uh, um, been done away with because of technology, right? Yeah. We all still paint our houses. So, yeah. uh, d- trivia question: Do you remember the lady's name at the till in Monks when George leaves? Oh wow that's good because i i honestly almost wrote that down um i think he says thanks donna you got it nice there you go yeah. did you i was gonna me? i almost i almost wrote that down for trivia but i was like you know what they never they would never ask that that's too hard but um it's good to know that i i still kind of collected it i'm I'll, that's the one i'll probably forget later on but i mean 
Um, yeah, Donna. Did, did you recently do a trivia? Because I saw you made babka, cinnamon and chocolate babka. <laughs> I made babka. Um, no, to practice. I was like, you know what? I got to learn how to make babka. It's actually surprisingly easy, and it's phenomenal. I made chocolate babka, and then I made cinnamon babka, but I took some liberties because uh, there's true cinnamon babka, which I think is what they get in the show, um, which would be good on its own, but I added candied walnuts and raisins to it, and it was – I think I think the cinnamon one, it was not a lesser babka for sure. A lot of people thought it was better than the chocolate. I would love to try the, the that next babka. time I come over, I'll make you a cinnamon and a chocolate babka with the with the walnuts. That sounded so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Nice. Um, For those that that are listening and don't know, Shane is a chef and a baker, so he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I've made a lot of pastry, including a lot of like I worked for Jewish places. I've made a lot of like Jewish pastries. Um, I never made babka before, and I was like, you know what? I'd really like to try it. It's surprisingly way easier than you think. Um, it turns out really amazing. It looks cool. I posted it on my Instagram and, uh, every single friend of mine that is Jewish, um, uh, gave me a thumbs up or nice. like a okay <laughs> emoji, like in response to my babka, they were, they were enjoying the babka. Nice. Uh, but, and then I brought it to work. I shared it with everybody just to try it. And everyone loved the babka. It was really good actually. Nice. Uh, and I did make a few silly Jerry. <laughs> Yes, I saw that. <laughs> He's a little glue heavy. I was using a glue gun, and um, it sticks together really good. But it's uh, you can see some of the glue, too much of the glue. It kind of looks like uh, I don't know, looks like he has been like bukkakeed or something. So uh, <laughs> I'd like to try it again with maybe Bukaki like just Jerry. super glue or something, so that he doesn't uh, he doesn't look so cummy. You should make a bukkake Martin. <laughs> yeah, I should. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I did that. Uh, no, so but they did finally announce. Uh, there was no trivia in May. Um, they just announced, and we have our tickets already. We have trivia June twentieth, so that's the next trivia to to try and regain our title. Nice, you'll get it. You'll get it. Where where we're are ready to go. where are we in this episode? I know that I was just I asked you on a tangent about doing favors that we regret. <laughs> okay, we'll, so uh, I think we're at the part where. Um, Basically, George is coming outside of the monks. It's yeah. a weird little shot, like where they—I feel like later on they wouldn't do it, but they're just standing outside of monks and talking. And then Jerry's like, "Let's go back in." George doesn't want to go back in because it's embarrassing. He just left, but George was waiting for him at monks, and I think finally got annoyed and left, and that's where he ran into Jerry outside. Um, so they go back. He basically they do a, like it's two scenes essentially. Like Jerry tells him that he's an idiot because he invited his ex-girlfriend to live above him. Uh, George goes, uh, with all due respect, um, I'm a much bigger idiot than you. And then, uh, they compare and he goes, have you ever, uh, asked your ex-girlfriend to live above you? Have you ever gone for a singles weekend in the Poconos? Which <laughs> I don't really get the joke. I mean, I don't know enough about the Poconos, but it's like a vacation spot, right? Is it like a family one? Is that why I don't understand why a singles event in the Poconos is that funny? I think from what I understand, and, and this is only a reference to other shows that refer to Poconos, because I think of like the Hamptons as being that place where in New York State you go to, to, to with the family if you've got money yeah. or you got a spot in the Hamptons. But I think the Poconos, because I know in Friends, uh, Rachel and her Italian boyfriend, she's teaching him how to say Poconos. I don't yeah. know if you remember that moment. So it, it might be like a romantic getaway. Like you don't go there 
as okay. a single person. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking thinking. up. It's like a it's a mountainous like area in Pennsylvania. I know they they bring it. They talk about the Poconos again in um, the Junior Mint. Jerry's supposed to pretend he's the Elaine's boyfriend so that the guy getting surgery doesn't get feelings. And Jerry goes, "No, no, we have a we're going to the Poconos that weekend." I remember. There's a second so, yeah. mention of the Poconos. But. So yeah, I think it's like a romantic getaway. That okay, all right. Yeah, I don't know if 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 it would be comparable to Niagara on the Lake. Yeah, it sounds. Yeah, okay, that sounds like maybe the Poconos is like uh, our Niagara on the Lake is our Poconos, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's funny. Did you ever go to? The, I I like the. They do it again later. There's a callback of like they like to be. No, no, I'm a bigger idiot than you. Like him and George. <laughs> yeah. Um, then they go back inside, they talk about this, and then George mentions uh, his friend Adam from Detroit, the guy with the flat head. Oh, it's like a cube. He got married recently, about six months ago, and he's been wearing a wedding ring and noticing that women are just kind of like hitting on him and throwing themselves at him. And, he, and George says, you know, I want to try an experiment trying on a wedding ring. And Kramer's got the, Kramer's got the goods to assist George in that endeavor. Do you think yeah. that works? Um. I, I think there's something to it. I mean, this is uh, just before that, like Kramer, they say that it's like Kramer's dad's wedding ring. And I think yeah. that's really the only mention of Kramer's father in this whole show. I don't think they mention him ever again, but yeah, George borrows Kramer's dad's wedding ring. Um, and he also, did you notice there's uh, something that comes back later? Jer uh, Kramer keeps telling George he should get plugs or a piece to yes, cover his bald yes, head. I did. He goes, why, uh, why which, are you doing this? Yeah, which it makes sense because later on when George he's he's the one who's so into George having a toupee in season six. He loves so. it, yeah. No, and he's right. I think George does look handsome with the, the toupee, so I think he's absolutely right. I think Jason Alexander, after Seinfeld for some years, wore a toupee, and I'm not sure if it's because he was doing a role on Broadway where he kept the that type of hairstyle, but he was on like game shows and different places where he went on with the toupee and i'm like oh george really did it george is sticking with the toupee like it even oh, though it's yeah. become a joke like we all know like uh you know elaine throwing it out the window and whatnot but i maybe he had it in a role for broadway but he did wear a toupee in real life for a while i i think he looks really good with it and i like like when Suits i'm in him. public uh when i spot like sometimes you spot a bad toupee and it looks oh, just yeah. awful like it doesn't match the side of so I, I see that and I always go like, I just, I don't ever, I would never mock anyone or, or say anything to them about it, but there's something in me just kind of goes like, look at that, look at that bird's <laughs> nest. Like, like Jerry, I guess about that bird's nest two blocks away, you know, like, so I do like, um, I remember there used to be a guy where I worked in a drugstore and he was a really old man uh, and he would come in and he wore a toupee that he was balding like George Costanza and the toupee didn't touch the sides of the hair. So it was this thing of hair and then you could see a line of baldness like it just looked insane like it looked like it was just like it looked like you put a piece of carpeting on your head for like yeah. that and i would just look at it every time and just being like fuck man that guy's awesome <laughs> my dad wore a toupee oh yeah yeah it's embarrassing <laughs> um yeah he thinks uh, i mean i'm glad george didn't go for plugs because i mean in 1990 hair plugs were pretty awful i think people do it a lot more now and technology's gotten better but uh Back then, if you got hair plugs, you could see it looks like they sewed carpet into your head. Yeah, it took a while for it to grow in, right? Or did it always just look like that, the plugs? I don't know. I just remember being like hair plugs were bad. But um, like now now you see guys like, like um, I don't know, Jeremy Piven, you know. Um, yeah. 
Seinfeld alum from Entourage, he was super bald back in the day in the 90s. Now he's got looks like normal hair. It's like obviously he got plugs. Elon Musk, the guys like that, like they used to be balder and thinner in the front. Now they have these full heads of hair that look natural. So it's got to be some sort of, I don't know what they call them plugs these days, but definitely some sort of technology to like kind of fix their hair. Did you have any growing up? Like, did you have any uh, worry about losing your hair? Was it something that I don't want to go bald? Uh, Well, my dad's always been like thin in the back of his head uh, where Mm -hmm. I am now. I do remember the moment where I, uh, I, I, I'm much older now, so I don't really care. But um, when I was, I think, 23, I was working in a drugstore. And um, this, this is always so funny to me. I was, you know, I used to have like the, I'd go out at the clubs and something, and I'd like gel up my hair and stuff like that. It was a big part of my look at the time, I guess. And um, I worked with this guy, um, this guy from Iraq, and he was just a lovely man, but just big, just had one of those big, ugly, bald heads. You know what I mean? Like, he looked like like a Bobo from fucking Double Dragon. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Like, his head was just, it looked like a boulder. Um, <laughs> and I loved him to death, but, I'm like, nobody wants to look like that guy. And I remember I was bending over doing something, and I'm at this point, I'm 23. He's, like, 40-something. And he walked by and he went, hey, boss. He always called me boss. Hey, boss. And he said, oh, look, you're bald like me. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he he could see from his angle standing over me that I was thinning at the back. Mm. And he was like so proud, like, yes, like we're bald brothers. Like, yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah, you're bald. And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And I went and got two mirrors and kind of looked. And I saw the thinning at the back and my heart sank because I was 23. You know, like that's too too young to be bald. Yeah, people. I'm I'm almost forty, and you got I'm a doing, nice full head of hair. I'm not doing too bad, but I got some friends that bust me up. Like you're thinning, it's going, it's happening. You're, you've got you like no one would ever say you're bald by any means. Like I'm I'm bald at the back, like how my dad was. But if I grew my hair out, I would be fine in the front. Like obviously there's receding, but I mean I'm not like uh, like George Costanza, Jim Leahy type bald. That like that's mm-hmm. the unfortunately that's the worst bald you can be. You just lose it all right in the yeah. front. Yeah. And like I said, my father had no hair enough to want him wanting to wear a toupee in his 30s. And my both my grandfathers were bald. So I was like, not looking good. But so far, not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, your hair looks good. I could still comb it and gel it. you're wearing a piece and I don't know. pretty good piece if i was <laughs> yeah it is i'm uh, i just talk to shorter people i know i just don't befriend anyone who's taller than me so no, <laughs> no one knows what my bald spot at the back uh okay so the wedding band george takes it on thinks yep. wants to try the social experiment i mean i do i don't know about the wedding band thing but i know that girls always have a thing for guys that are taken like boyfriend material they see a guy that's someone's boyfriend and they're always suddenly more attracted to them I'm not sure if that's still a thing, but I do remember that. I sorry, one second. I'm gonna cough and I wanna get away from the microphone. That's okay. <coughs> sorry. That's okay. I think um I think what it is is I definitely think there's um when some guy when guys are just single and talking to women, people women just assume and they're probably right that the guys are hitting on them. So I think there's something about if you have a wedding ring on they assume maybe they let their guard down a little and actually give you more of a chance because they assume you're not going to hit on them. I think there's also something to like, if a, if a woman find, if some other woman has vetted you and found you suitable to be married, then there's something, you got something. So it's like, you know Mm, what I mean? um, So I think, I think there's something to that. If like other, like, um, 
I don't know. Uh, you would. I don't. Uh, I don't know the point I was going to make. Anyways, but I think there. I think there's something to also George being more confident, being like, I'm gonna. He would be more neurotic about talking to maybe one of the women at the you know the party he goes to. He talks to three women that he has would have had success with if he didn't. But he probably did, if he didn't have the ring, probably might not have even approached them. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Or so I think there's something to having the confidence of that. Um, there's definitely something like not tangible that um, I think I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, there's something there, but I, I think you you hit the nail on the head with the someone's picked you, and the threat isn't quite as obvious as if you were just a single guy. Cause there's always that what's your intention. Whereas, ah, this guy's married with kids. I, yeah. The girl that's and generally men are creeps. Um, yes. uh, so I think that's like women immediately when a guy starts talking to them, their first instinct uh, is probably like, especially if they're not the most handsome of the fella, like first <laughs> instinct is like, Ooh, what is this guy's going to hit on me? But if you see the wedding ring, you go, oh, okay, maybe he's just making chit chat. Um, and and yeah, there is something to, I think to he's been vetted. Some other yeah. woman found him acceptable, so uh, it, maybe there's something to him. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, okay, keep going. Where are we with this episode? I lose track of the spots we're in. Uh, so where they come out into the hallway, the uh, Jerry hears Manny and uh, Harold arguing about. I, I love this bit. They're just arguing about the sponges. Uh, Manny bought sponges that are too small. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Harold is unacceptable. He wants a big sponge. He needs a bigger sponge. And I that to me just says like they're like a married couple arguing. Yeah, definitely. So funny. Um, then Jerry starts talking to them, and he really. And then they kind of go, Jerry, sorry, um, we can't give your friend the apartment because Manny found someone that's willing to pay five grand for it. So um, they tell Jerry that if Elaine can come up with five grand, then um, then she can have the apartment. Which I don't understand. Like I guess like when they're saying five grand, I guess they're just paying rent in advance is that what like they're not giving them five grand to get the apartment i think it could be a way to like bid on it to just be like i'll give you this money up front so that it's mine perhaps yeah but they're paying their rent in like that would be at 400 bucks a month that would be almost just over a year's worth of rent i'm assuming that's what they're getting at right like like they're you're paying an advance on your rent because i don't think they're they're just giving them five thousand to get this apartment I don't know. It's a guy. It's, it's never explained or implied properly. Of, of but it is where Elaine can't come up with it. Like she's good for the rent. She's got all of the money for rent. So if if she did have a lease and agreed to it, they shouldn't give anybody else that thing unless they're saying, "I'll give you this extra." Yeah, I'm not um, really sure. I always took it as they're paying sort of in advance, which makes sense because if someone can pay five grand up up front, then you don't have to worry about collecting the rent or, you know, if they can't pay the rent, they've already paid it. So, um, I don't know. Then Elaine comes. So Jerry's happy with this. Cause he's like, well, Elaine can't afford, she doesn't have five grand. She can't get this apartment problem solved. Elaine comes in. She's got the last month's uh, security deposit and she's got the first month's rent. She's got 75 bucks left in her account. And, uh, Jerry has to break the news to her that she, they, they, someone offered five grand for the apartment. So, uh, she says, "Where well, I don't have five grand, I can't get it." Then our our, our buddy Kramer walks in. <laughs> this is to me is just like the Kramer. He's so comfortable walking to Jerry's apartment and speaking for Jerry, which he does this for the rest of the series. So this is like very spot on Kramer. Um, 
being like, <laughs> come on, you can come with five. You've got grand. it. He's got That's it. Don't problem. worry. He, he'll turn Jerry's life upside down. And when Jerry, when you he... don't have five grand you can lend there? <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're, again, like we talked about in season one, he was always kind of the struggling comedian. But now we're establishing the fact that this is a guy with an established career who actually does okay for himself, where he yeah. has money saved. His friends who also have jobs, they're living check to check. Yeah. So Jerry's, you, it's it's being established that Jerry's got some extra scratch in his bank account. He's starting to establish himself. So this the, this one, and was there another moment just before here where it's insinuated that Jerry's, maybe the apartment, the one where where George was like, you can do this, you can get this apartment when they went to look at the ro- in the a robbery episode. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that Jerry, like, he's decently, like, he's okay financially. There's never any question about that. But they, in the first season and up until this point, they kind of write it as, like, you know, he's living in this, like, rundown apartment in New York, kind of like that vibe. But I feel like this is where they kind of drop that and they're like, no, Jerry's apartment's actually nice. It's a nice place to be. Yeah. Um, They're not really writing it in that sense anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe they just thought they angled it, like, you know, it'd be funnier if he was sort of like a broke comedian in New York, whatever, maybe they, but they kind of dropped that. And like from here on out for the rest of the series, the, everyone talks about his career poorly, but I mean, he's financially, he's always okay. Yeah. He's able to take care of his parents if they need anything. Like there's not a, a problem there. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Elaine now heartbroken. I love oh, the, <laughs> when, uh, She's like, it would take me a long time to pay you back. And Kramer goes, oh, he doesn't care. He doesn't mind. <laughs> What's five grand between friends? <laughs> yeah. So then Elaine leaves to go. She goes, let me decide. Let me go look at the apartment once more. And then when she leaves, I love this scene where Jerry sits Kramer down and goes, I was out. I was free. And you, you had to. And he goes, uh, well, you're not normal. <laughs> <laughs> when he, I love this term because I've never heard it before. When he calls him, he's like, you're a pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a, I'm a pod? And he questions. He thinks about his life in that moment. I'm a pod. I was looking no, it up because I was like, what's like, what is a pod? Because I've never heard it. So, the, like, the definition in the dictionary that comes, like, it's so, uh, it's a pod. A pod is in, informal. It's a person who behaves in a strange, especially mechanical way, as if not full human. Um, <laughs> and it comes from uh, the movie the, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So people people are being replaced by pods, pod people, like in, uh, I- imitating the people, but they're pods of themselves. Like a life model decoy, as Marvel. Yeah, Comics yeah, yeah, yeah. LMD. So that's that's what it means by like, you're a pod. But I, man, I wish that would come back. I think that's so funny. He goes, "You're a pod. You're not well, normal." Well, now everything is is iPod and podcast. Does that does that have anything any connection to the something that is replacing? something that before Do you no know i think I'm it's saying? more like a pod is kind of like the, the the other term is just like a pod's like a capsule right like a so i think the yeah ipod yeah, yeah. is just you know they invented like a jukebox in your pocket which is essentially like a pod for all your music so i don't think it's related in any way okay okay i'm just reaching now yeah kramer's a pod calling we someone should, a pod should, oh. is awesome hey shane by the way it's 616 right now <laughs> Boom. Boom. Shout out to Boom. Adam Chapman. There you go. <laughs> Chapman, does he like Seinfeld? Do you know? Probably. Yeah, I think he does. Okay. Maybe where are we at? 
maybe we can have him on uh, as a guest uh, talking about his favorite episodes one day. Okay. I'll if you're listening, Chapman, if you like Seinfeld. There you go. There's the invite. Man. <laughs> um, so, yes, it's five grand between friends. Jerry's out. He's free. I and like now he's back stuck When he's again. telling me he's a pod and he's like, uh, Kramer goes, well, maybe she won't take it. You know, it's it's a lot of money. And he, he goes, people don't turn down money. That's what separates us from animals. <laughs> I so, also love Kramer's done this late. He does it again later, too, where he does the like, it's his fault. This is happening. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, uh, he goes, well, and then he goes, well, why'd you lend her the five grand then? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love how he turns he it on later, Jerry. I, I can think of a specific example where he's pushing Jerry to cash the, his Nana's checks. Yeah. And then when he's called out, he goes, this is your fault. He goes, it's your Nana's fault. She's been passing those bum checks around town. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that, where he just won't take accountability for him. He always gaslights you. Kramer will yeah. set you up. And he's the best gaslighter of all time. <laughs> he's great. Um, oh, I was going to say, oh, yeah. It, has there ever... Ooh. Has there ever been a time where you were willing to take money, but you really, really didn't want to? Like this scenario for you, whether you're the borrower or the borrowee. No. No. Okay. So you've never. I um never. I don't like um uh I have the like I don't think any of like my close friends or or family like I would really ask something like this like um. I've always kind of just been like, I want to pay my own way. Also, I don't like taking things from people I don't know or like that much. Like, I don't want to owe people favors. So I, I, I make sure I don't ever really kind of put myself in these situations. For me, it was like if the opportunity was to borrow five grand to move in this apartment, I'd rather just not move in the apartment and then owe somebody five grand like that. But uh, what about you? I've never taken money. I've never needed to borrow money like that. Um, I've been asked to, to, for, to, for people to borrow money from me, but I never like getting into those kind of situations. People asking you to borrow money. Yeah. If I can, I will. I've offered, there's been times where I knew something could definitely be used. And if I I had something to help, I said, I'll do this for you or I'll help you out. And let's get something started or let's get this done. But other than that, no, no, because yeah, I I even try not to like, um, I mean, most of my my friends and family, like they're fine. They're not coming to me. They wouldn't come to me for money. Not that I have a whole lot, but um, I've had people, you know, like, Hey, can I borrow a hundred bucks? And like, I always thought like, you know, it's, you know, like I, I worked at this one job. It was like a new job. I started in a restaurant and, this other guy who was this dishwasher and it was like our first week working together. And he asked me to borrow 20 bucks yeah, and tw- 20 bucks is nothing. But like, why it's, it was so weird. It's like, I don't even know you. And you're yeah. the first thing you're doing is asking me to borrow 20 bucks. And it's just like, this is, I, I gotta, I gotta stop this right now because uh, if I say yes to this, you feel that comfortable already. How comfortable yeah, are you going to get asking me for shit in the future? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Shane, one second. Sorry, I took this opportunity to pee. No, good idea. Okay, drinking a lot, drink a lot of coffee. In your in your ass man cup? <laughs> yeah, my ass man cup. Yeah, the 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 borrowing money thing always kind of. If I know the guy well, 
and I know it's like, no, this guy's good for it. If he's asking, it's because it's a good reason. But what, like in your case, mm-mm, that's red flags too quick. 20 bucks even. Like, why 20? What happened? I, I, I think at the time it was like people were going out for drinks to the bar and he was like, I have zero dollars to my name. Let me I got bucks, you. I'll buy you a drink. But I was just like, nah, man, I, I don't even know you, dude. And I'm not playing this game where I'm waiting around trying to get 20 bucks back from you. Yeah, I always think of I always think of that scene in uh, Bronx Tale where uh, the kid Colodro is chasing a guy who owes him some money, and he's like, <laughs> yep. "What do you owe him?" He's like, 20 bucks." He's like, "For twenty bucks, he's out of your life." And he's just, like, "Do you like him?" No, I can't stand the guy. He's like, "For twenty bucks, he's out of your life. He'll yeah, never bother yeah. you again." Exactly. So sometimes I think of that, but uh, yeah. uh, Kramer puts you in the hole five thousand dollars. Watch out for the the friends like Kramer in life. <laughs> <laughs> well that's just so the kramer's so great because that, that's the kramer the i don't have a filter i yeah uh, what do you mean you got five thousand dollars give her five thousand dollars i love that you shouldn't have lent it to her <laughs> <laughs> well, why'd you lend her the five thousand dollars his face is so funny when he does that it's, it's so good um the next scene is, is this where they're at the get together for the marathon yep. this yep. is this is classic elaine's friend roxanne yeah She's got a place on uh, above First Avenue where you can see the New York Marathon. Uh, they're all cute. I don't know why people would want to get together to watch the New York Marathon, but I mean, I guess, I don't know. I kind of like it because this girl, Roxanne, clearly is kind of, uh, she's kind of flirt, trying to flirt with Jerry. Mm-hmm. And he's just not interested at all. And he just, he's doing the thing where he's just making his jokes, which sometimes like women seem to be into, uh, like his flirtiness, but he's kind of turning her off. Like every time she's trying to like talk with him, he's like, you know, but the marathon. And what does he say? He goes, he goes, oh, what is it? It's a, it's a woman from Norway, a guy from Kenya, and 20,000 losers. You know, like <laughs> just kind of, she's so into the idea of watching the marathon. And he's just like, it's stupid. He poo poos it so quick. It's a, that's a total Shane Heron move. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to carb up. He's got to grab some food to carb up, and then George too. George immediately goes, ah, oh, you know, like uh, unprovoked. My wife couldn't make it today, you know, and he just shows his ring. And I like the the lady who plays Roxanne. She looks at him like, who is this fucking guy? Like she clearly <laughs> is into Jerry and wants to flirt with him, and just like, why is this guy talking about his wife? I don't even know who he is. Yeah, George can't handle the people not noticing he's there. Yeah, they also that. Jerry's the hero. Like she keeps telling, um, oh yeah, Joan and Stan who are in uh, the short her short story class with her and Roxanne. I guess that's how she knows these people. Um, Jerry's the hero. Jerry's uh, the one who got her the apartment, her great new apartment. This is Jerry. He got. <laughs> I love how she's shouting across the room. Yeah, yeah, that's it's almost a very Italian thing. This is the guy who did this. Um. Yeah, uh, so George flirting with all these beautiful women, and he's <laughs> he just I, I love striking how it's, out. That's the perfect Seinfeld. Just try this thing, and it just all backfires right in your face. Like um, the first lady, she's the the director from Madison Square Garden. She can get floor seats to any sporting event. Anything. Um, too bad he's married. <laughs> His wife. What is he? His wife's an entomologist. You know, yeah, bees, bugs. flies, gnats. You know, she's yeah. into that. Um, so yeah, the first lady seems like a catch, good sporting events to any ticket in the city. Um, can't, and then the second lady, it's, uh, it's the, the Asian woman. She's, uh, I don't think she's she bald Ben with glasses. She, yeah. She like, likes bald Ben with thing. glasses. Uh, I like his, his little, 
bit that he's talking about, though, going like, I don't see what's the big deal about being a matador. The bull rushes, you move the cave, that's it. <laughs> and she's just like, she loves it. She thinks she's that's great. She's so into him. She, yeah. And, and what it's only like sort thing of a gets precursor to that, like Marissa Tomei, the like, ooh, so bald with glasses, like women whose fetish is that. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and George uh, the, always misses the boat. Yeah. The third you recognize one is, the other girl? The, the black girl, right? Yeah. She's, I think she, isn't she um, the uh, Martin Lawrence's wife in Bad Boys? Yeah. Teresa is she from Mandela anything else? Yeah. Beverly okay. Hills Cop 3. Oh, she's, I don't think I've ever seen a third Beverly Hills Cop. But yeah, she looks very familiar. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's it's so, I didn't even know her name off the top of my head. I'm like, oh, no. Shit, I remember the, the wife from, from um, Bad Boys. Yeah. She was in Spawn as well. Is she the and one as well? Is she like? I'm not a, sure, but she was Michael in Space Blake. Jam. She played Michael Jordan's wife in Space Jam. Okay. Oh, she's Wanda oh. Blake, so that's probably his wife, right? Oh no, and Al Simmons. Al Simmons. Yeah. Al Simmons is Spawn. She's I don't know, and it says here Spawn. She plays Wanda Blake. So I don't really remember the Spawn movie. I remember it wasn't. I didn't love it, but she's in she, Bad Boys, Bad Boys Two, Bad Boys Three, actually. Yeah. And she's also also in Malcolm X, so she's got some pretty good uh, credentials. Different yeah. world, oh, Jungle yeah, Fever. Yeah. There you go. Is she the main girl in Jungle Fever, or is that someone else? I don't Inez. Know. I never watched Jungle Fever. No, me neither. But uh, no, I don't think she's the main girl. Oh, the the Jungle Fever is. I know it's about uh, like it's a it's a Spike Lee movie, right? It's about um yeah, like a black uh, mixed uh, like, mixed couple. But it's Wesley Snipes and Annabella Sciori. I thought maybe the girl was the black and the guy was white. I've never seen it either. So, okay, she's in. She's someone who plays Inez in Jungle Fever. Yeah, oh, she's but, a king in New York. All right, she's, yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's got some good prop, prop uh, credentials. She gets her she's, props. She's Juanita Jordan in Space Jam. Does that imply that she's playing Michael Jordan's wife in Space Jam? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. So uh, yeah, it's uh, this one here. I was like, oh, George. Oh, oh George, yeah, you and that this one's great, great because it's like the the third one where it's just like he's like I gotta get this ring off. This is this is backfiring completely. Where she, you know, she she uh, she doesn't like relationships. Well, uh, she's not into like uh, monogamous relationships, but she can keep a strictly physical relationship for years and years. And she just looks at him. It's too bad you're married. And, yeah. like, <laughs> and then he's trying to pull the ring off, and he's explaining, "No, no, this is an experiment." And she's like, "Save it, save it." Oh, I, lo- I love that. That's so great. And then the debate, the, the debate returns, right? Where Jerry and George try to decide who's the bigger idiot. The big idiot. Yeah, Jerry's a, he, Elaine just gave him an out. Um, he threw it away. And then George says, I just threw away a lifetime of guilt-free sex and floor seats to every sporting event at Madison Square Garden. So please, I am Costanza, Lord of the Lord Idiots, of the which idiot. is, that's an iconic quote, I think. I think so too. And it and it really does, because, you, you know, not too long ago, George was the guy with the stock tips. He was still neurotic, but he was, you know, they, they were insinuating that like, this guy's got a little bit more of his stuff together. Real estate agent, he gets lucky with the stocks. Yeah. At right? this point, but, he's still working. So he's not like broke Costanza, but he is the lying, you know, always kind of putting his foot in his mouth, uh, in, terrible at sure. dating. Because they never mention, yeah. I mean, often yeah. they don't explain what happens. But I mean, in the last episode, we talked about the phone message. He was dating Carol, which. I thought was great. And even at the end, they were still on, you know, often they'll, they'll end an episode with, you know, that's the, the, the 
okay, there's the breaking point where, you know, they're like, okay, she probably dumped him after that. Uh, but the phone message, they actually leave and they're on good terms. So at some point he probably ruined things with Carol because he seems single here, right? Right, right, right. Uh, but the like, I think the best part of the episode <laughs> when they do debate and he says, Costanza, Lord of the Idiots, and then Roxanne at the window. <laughs> You're all winners. Line. You're all. <laughs> you just I see love your that. hands waving. <laughs> I absolutely love that because you know someone, people do that. People would love to do of that. Of course. Of course. And what does is, what is George say about her? And then, about, like, and then there was another contender or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. That's great. <laughs> but, I do like that. That's the great, because the whole episode is you debating on what makes you an idiot, ultimately. Like Kramer's an idiot because he's speaking on behalf of his friend. Jerry's stupid because he does a favor. George is tr- trying too hard. And then... The ultimate idiot is the one who... You're all winners. <laughs> so who gets has to get together for the marathon. <laughs> I mean, that that's a great capper to the scene because, you know, she's so into hosting the marathon thing, watching party at her house, uh, trying to talk to Jerry about it, clearly, like, loves the idea of the marathon and Jerry's, you know, poo-pooing it. So I think that's so great. Just the, like, she's just, yeah, you're all winners. Yeah, no, it was, it was perfect timing. Um... Last scene, right? We're at the last scene here. Uh, second last scene, but they're both in Jerry's apartment, so it seems like one scene. But yeah, Jerry's talking to George on the phone. Uh, this is the thing they do a lot more in the early seasons, where they're on the phone a lot, where it would actually be funnier if they were interacting. But Jerry's on the phone with George, and uh, he's talking about um, George. <laughs> George can't get the ring off. He says, "Try some soap or some axle grease." <laughs> Kramer comes in and. Uh, Explains to him, uh, he's found he he helped him out. He solved this problem. He found someone who's willing to pay ten grand for the apartment. Elaine would never be comfortable lending, borrowing that much money. And then Kramer says, uh, occasionally I like to help the humans. Yeah. <laughs> Kramer's not denying that he's a pod. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, when Kramer's in on the joke and he knows he knows what he's up to, sometimes it, it adds to the humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's but great. Jerry's you, relieved. He doesn't have to tell Elaine. He doesn't. She doesn't even realize he didn't want her there. Who do you think it is? Because the the caveat now is that Elaine would have been a quiet neighbor. But the one yeah. thing about these guys or this musician. guy, I don't know if it's it's they're a musician and they like to practice from time to time. <laughs> but it's more than just practice and rehearsal. Um, do you think there's an insinuation of who the band could be for them? One to pay ten thousand dollars to rent it, and then the type of music they play. I was thinking like. Is that Van Halen? Kind of sounded like Van Halen. You think that they're insinuating that Van Halen in 1990 is renting an apartment above Jerry in New York to practice? No, 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 no. Just the that it would be a band like that, just based on the music and the fact that they're a big time band that's willing to pay up front. Like, well, that's what they charge you. We'll give you this much. Not saying it's Van Halen because Van Halen's California. But, well, Van Halen also, I mean, in, by 1990, they had already been through, like, two lead singers and sold millions and millions in, of records. There's no way it would be. No, I'm not saying it's them, but it's almost like the type of music it is. It's almost like, who's upstairs? Van Halen? Well, I think this is, like, uh, the, just the idea that it's just a rock band. I mean, this is the end of the, uh, sort of like the beginning of the end of the hair metal era. Yeah, yeah. Big rock bands, you know, right before grunge comes in. Um, I don't think there's any insinuation that it's uh, an, an actual real band. Okay. I think it's just like 
Yeah, like he's a rock singer, and you know, back then people sold a lot more records, sold a lot more, you know, probably made a lot more money as a rock band, not like today with the internet. So, I think it's just like some guy who's mildly successful in a rock band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just, I'm like, man, Van Halen. <laughs> I, I mean, when they play out. the song, like uh, it doesn't sound like. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really sound like any real song that you know. No, no, no. I'd no. have to re-listen to it, but I don't. I never got a sense that they were trying to be like. Hey, it's kind of a band like this, like not even like a Van Halen cover band or anything. It doesn't sound like Van Halen. It's just like a kind of sounds like um, you know, in the black or white video with Macaulay Culkin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's I think George Wentz is like the dad, and he's like turn that down, and like yeah, on the yeah, album, yeah. it's like Dun-dun-dun. and it's just kind of like music you hear through the wall. It's just like a rock song. It kind of sounds like that. Got it. I don't know. I never really thought too much about that. But, uh, yeah, they're complaining to Manny and Harold that, uh, you know, Manny told them they could play to 11 o'clock. Um, I do love, like, the, the the capper where Kramer comes in is kind of like, oh, yeah, I love this one. And he starts dancing to it. Like, <laughs> All which, moved up. I mean, that, that the continuity Kramer. works. Like, Kramer, I mean, he likes a bunch of, like, remember he wanted a bunch of rock musicians, the anarchists, to stay at Jerry's house? <laughs> Yeah. Kramer can rock out. I mean, Kramer's down for for a fun adventure with some strange people. He's in a music video later on, rocking out, yeah. right? So he's auditioning for a, a music video. Yeah, but he, yeah, he's definitely into it. I mean, I can definitely see Kramer. While Jerry can't stand these people making noise, Kramer's just befriended them immediately and like probably hangs out with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good. No, this was a this was a good episode. Are we ready ready for some giddy ups? Do you got or, or am I forgetting anything before we giddy up? No, I mean it ends with um, the end bit of stand up is I, I kind of like it. He's talking about the uh, the, the unshushables, like the people. Yes. You can't shush. I thought that's a. I, I kind of like that bit a little bit. How, how do you feel about being shushed? Oh, I hate being shushed, but I love yeah. shushing people because people we, hate it so much. Yeah, I think I think we all hate being shushed. But of when it, it's so obnoxious. It is, right? But it's hard not to do in the moment. Like when you need someone to just quickly be, it's like that, it's almost instinctive human thing to shh. But oh, man. I love when when I'm at work or, or around like group of friends. Sometimes if I just want to get up people under people's skin, I'll just shush them for no reason while they're talking. Just go shh. And then you can just see immediately like, don't fucking shush me. I love it. <laughs> yeah, if you I, want to get under someone's skin, just shush them. It's great. Oh man, I've I've been the shusher before and it didn't go over well. I don't think I, I truly shush anyone. I would never go shh. I think it was just like a reactionary, but yeah, I, I've been shushed and it's just like, what, 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 who, who are you shushing? Don't shush me. It's the immediate thing is like, don't do it. So I thought this bit was good because it is, again, one of those things that is still relatable. We all hate it and we all yeah. do well, it. Later on in the series, Jerry breaks up with a girl because she shushed him while they were watching a movie. Oh, um, yeah. And even oh, uh, yeah. if you're an Always Sunny fan, there's a whole episode of them. Uh, they get shushed at a bar, and then they, they go around trying to find out the guy who shushed them. <laughs> I got to watch that. We should, we should do that show next, after this one. Well, I mean, at the pace we're at, we're going to be done this show in about six years. So That's okay. You don't plan to be <laughs> my friend in six years? No, I just, I mean, that's that's well off. <laughs> well, we could do, we could start in be, in the middle of this one. How about that? We'll see. How I would love it. I like, um, I mean, I think last time we did the pod, you asked me if I would ever do um, 
a trivia of another show and I mentioned The Office, but uh, I think I did that because, I mean, I do like The Office that, because the guys we do trivia with also do The Office and Friends and other ones, but no one in the city that I'm aware of does Always Sunny trivia, but mm. Always Sunny is probably my second favorite show right after Seinfeld. It's been called the Seinfeld, Seinfeld on crack. Uh, uh, they yeah, that makes sense. A tribute. They're very influenced by Seinfeld. They have the very similar dynamic where there's a bunch of guys and you know one woman. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, very Crazy similar to actually like um, the writers at the beginning didn't write. They wrote the female as a straight character like D and Always Sunny, um, and because they said they didn't know how to write women, and she literally told them, "Just write me as if I was one of the guys." And it reminds me of julia talking to larry and jerry going write me more give me more to do it's the same Mm kind of and if you see the clip show of always sunny they do a very great seinfeld tribute which is shot for shot beautiful like charlie's kramer um when they're doing the bet which i think is so funny but i mean they did a podcast uh, always sunny podcast and one of the episodes they were doing like trivia questions and having people call in and answer them and without realizing it i think i got every question right like I, i know always sunny pretty good Nice. Yeah, I got to get back on that show. I laugh when I watch it, but I haven't continued. Well, there's there's more than Seinfeld. Like they're on they're a season. I think June. Oh shit! I think tomorrow. Uh, I think it's the seventh or pretty soon. Um, the new season, sixteenth season of Always Sunny is coming out. So, uh, but they're shorter Seinfeld. seasons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They think I think the last one was ten. I think they usually do about ten episodes now, which is great because I'd rather have it be really good and worked out the last season i didn't love actually they went to ireland and uh they were very hit or miss but if you go into like right up to like season 14 like these are brilliant they're, they're brilliant episodes they still got a lot of good comedy in there yeah all right uh giddy ups um i give it a five out of ten that's not my favorite i give uh, it a six Okay, yeah. I, I, I like the episode. I think there's a lot of good development, some funny scenes, but it doesn't make me – it's not one of my favorites. It doesn't make me laugh that much. I'm not laughing out loud that much when I watch this episode. So, yeah, I'm going to say five. This one has moments that I wait for, but, yeah, it's it's we're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. You got the yeah. get out. You got the, the scene, the, the whole scene at the marathon, which is classic. Classic moments, but, yeah, we're not quite there yet. Actually, I'm going to – okay, I'm going to change it. I'm going to go five – and a half out of ten, just okay. because it has the first get out Elaine shove. Right, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, we're we're halfway through season two. Uh, next week we're going to do the statue, or the next episode I should say is the statue. We yep. take a week off. But uh, Mr. Shane Heron, Heron, Her- how do you say your name properly? I don't Heron. Know. Whatever. Okay. You're Amato, Mr. Shane Amato Heron. Uh, always a pleasure to do this with you. I always have a good laugh. Thanks, brother. Where can people follow you? Uh, Instagram, at Shane Heron. Nice. Rate and review the show, guys, girls, everyone listening, folks. Uh, If you're enjoying it, send us a message. If not, just sit back, watch a Seinfeld episode, and watch along or or listen to us chat about it. Do you ever get people – do you have an email where people can ask, like take uh, fan mail about the show? Do you ever do that or no? Solitude at Outlook.com. You can email us. You can uh, follow me at Cave of Solitude because people have been sending me some stuff like Seinfeld related because they have the, sometimes. Yeah, not not a ton. But, yeah, there is people saying like, hey, I like the Seinfeld stuff. We charted in Netherlands last week. So there you go. Oh, fucking. <laughs> and who are <laughs> the, the Dutch? Dutch? <laughs> well, until next time, my friend. Thank you, as always. Uh, 
Yeah, and, and good luck on the twentieth. But I think we're gonna pod before then. Uh, right? Yeah, yes. We're gonna actually probably pod on the. No, it'll be before then. Um, I think we'll. Yeah, I think we'll probably. Yeah, that would be the the, the next time we usually pod would be the day before. Why don't we do it like before trivia or yes. maybe before then? Two weeks from now. Okay, sounds good, dude. Everybody, thank you for listening. Rate and review the show. We'll be back with more good stuff on the Cave of Solitude. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Anthony. We'll be back soon. Ciao for now.